Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hey guys, before we get into this week's podcast, we have an exciting announcement. We've heard you guys, we know you want full-length video versions of the podcast, more pictures from our scrapbooks that go with each episode from behind the scenes, and more content every week. So we started a Patreon, and what part are you most excited about, Bridget? I'm kind of excited about doing the slumber parties. So we're offering this thing for you guys. It's for members only, like to come in and to join our slumber parties, which means you get extra content. It's just going to be like mini episodes where Holly and I gossip about our week, talk about upcoming events, things that's been going on, even some gossip. And like she said, our scrapbook videos, the full length videos of our podcast, there's going to be a private chat on there, discounts for upcoming merchandise and events, um, and some surprise content in the future. Yeah. And also places where you can ask us questions and ask us for advice. If you want our crazy advice, Um, we will (laughs) give it to you in the slumber party episodes. But yeah, we're excited to create this community and get to know you guys better and get your suggestions and do more stuff and offer more content. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. We're going to have polls and stuff on there too, so you can help us decide on content. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. So go to patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel and check it out. Welcome back to Girls Next Level. The day is finally here. We are finally getting into episode one of Girls Next Door, where it all started. And Bridget, how did you feel watching this episode? I had some mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really excited to have the past kind of with all of the seven bitches and all of that yeah. drama like behind us and to be on actual episodes that I'm excited about and I haven't seen in so long. And I had some mixed feelings about episode one, but all in all, like, I mean, I was very nervous to watch it at mm-hmm. first, but I, yeah. I feel okay about it there's definitely some things I want to discuss with you and break Mm -hmm. down now I hate episode one I remember when I watched it a few months ago so I could do like a YouTube reaction and I hadn't seen it since it came out in 2005 and I hated it when I watched the first three episodes I remember saying in the videos I don't know if I can keep doing this it's not good for my mental health I know you kept telling me that episode one through three were really hard and I just thought you meant like just to like it's hard just to get back into it and watching it again but I was in for a rude awakening yeah it's a lot and it's interesting about episodes one two and three I kind of see them as a triptych like they are a group that goes together and it's interesting because the producer of the show Kevin Burns used to tell me that those were the first three episodes that introduce us and he would always say episode one was my episode episode two was your episode and episode three was Kendra's episode and I think at the time when the show came out I didn't realize just how much they tried to shape our characters until I watched it now with all this hindsight Yes, I had no memory of this at all 
of what they were doing. And now looking back on it and seeing it now, I'm just like appalled by some of the things. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. When this episode first came out, I didn't like it because we'll talk about it when we get to it. But they kind of do me dirty in this episode. And I'm on the record for saying like in the Girls Next Door coffee table book, I talk about it. I talk about it when we do the bedtime story special. So even back then, there's proof I didn't like the episode. But I was also willing to be a good sport because it's reality TV and I know they need drama. They need some kind of conflict for the show. And I think I was also not as affected by it back then because the early 2000s was like the golden age of like humiliation reality TV. Like I'm thinking about like the surreal life when they like filmed Vern Troyer when he was drunk and like masturbating in his bed. You know what I mean? Like I felt like reality tv back then was just trying to humiliate people so i was sitting and there and catch you doing things yeah so i was sitting there watching the episode just praying that they weren't going to show me doing anything really humiliating and because that didn't happen i was more relieved and i wasn't really as attuned to what they were doing as i am able to be now when i watch the episodes and i always and we'll get into this more when we hit episode 3 but i always knew that kendra was like favored like she always like got away with stuff more than we did and things like that but I did not realize back then you know what they were trying to do with our characters like I do now now I see it I mean I feel like looking back on things the reason why I might have let a lot of things go is because the payoff and the reward at the end was also very strong so yeah they made us look bad and they did things but then there was also this reward so I was kind of like well it is reality tv but we're getting this trip or we're getting this the cover of the magazine or we're getting something out of it so I guess if like we have to look bad a little bit but looking back at it now horrified (laughs) yeah I'm absolutely horrified this is gonna sound dramatic but after I rewatched those episodes All I could think of was, I feel like I've had my character assassinated. Yeah. Character assassination. (laughs) Like, I know that sounds dramatic, but that's what I feel like. I also think another reason we were able to accept it at the time, especially with the first three episodes, because we didn't really have a gauge. There was no social media back then, so you didn't really have a gauge on the public's reaction as quickly as you can now. But back then, we lived in such a bubble, and Hef would always show the show on Sunday nights, like before or after the movie. So he and all his friends were down there with us when we were watching it. And all we got was positive feedback from them, of course, because Mm -hmm. they're not going to say anything negative in front of Hef. So it kind of made you feel at ease and like, oh, okay, well, everybody likes it. Everybody gets it. Everybody thought it was funny. So I guess maybe it was funny at my expense, but at least they thought it was funny. Yeah, but I don't think everybody gets it. Now I have more of a read on how the public you know sometimes when you're watching a show on tv you want to buy into it and you want to believe it especially back then people weren't as savvy about reality tv as they are now so people really thought everything they saw on tv was who we were and they make me look bad in this first episode in my opinion well i know you feel badly about episode one but i just am like sick about episode two I know we are gonna get into episode two hard next week like that's that's a big one like absolutely sick about it and like losing sleep like really upset like nauseous like the whole works and we'll get into it I mean probably the next episode but like yeah 
I'm not okay with it <laughs> at all. And you know what's funny is I didn't have, it's not like I've never seen it. Yeah. But it's been like 16 years since I saw it. Yeah, so a lot has changed. Like you can see things so much more clearly now, I'm sure. Yeah. And like I, when I think about, you know, think back about the mansion and all the time that we had there and stuff, I always had this really positive view of everything. I had a positive view of of Kevin and, and of Hef and of Kendra and everything. And watching these episodes, I'm, I just cannot even wrap my head around like what was happening yeah and I'm going to touch on how they wanted to characterize us a little bit which we'll get into more when we talk about episode three in a couple weeks but just to plant the seeds here so everybody can kind of follow along for these first three episodes before the show started filming I remember I just during a random day in the mansion Hef told me I've decided what your characters are going to be and I was like oh okay because just so you guys know like we were never given any like creative input on the show especially in the early days not in the early days later we did yeah later we could because they were running out of ideas but <laughs> probably that's the only reason I'm sure but he said that he decided the way he said it was Bridget's the one who wants a career Kendra's the one who wants to have fun and you're the one who cares about me and I remember being irritated because I wanted to have a career too but I felt like I couldn't really argue with it because it's not a bad thing to be the one that cares about somebody right and I especially don't want to say that to him well and don't we all want to have fun too yeah exactly can't we all three be those things and Kevin Burns um later after you know while we were deeper into the show like seasons later he would tell me that he always thought of us as like in the beginning he said he was gonna do our characters like Kendra's the physical one you're the smart one and I'm the emotional one but there's a huge flaw in that system because I am the least outwardly emotional person that anyone will ever meet like I am a stone wall so he was fucked from that conception (laughs) like that didn't work and I'm hands down the most emotional one on the show (laughs) for sure and not in life in general (laughs) yeah so I mean first of all you can't really squeeze three complicated adult humans into those little boxes but it was just a mess from the beginning and he also told me that he thought of us as ethos pathos and logos so that's called the rhetorical triangle Aristotle taught that a speaker's ability to persuade an audience is based on how well the speaker appeals to that audience in three different areas, logos, ethos, and pathos. Logos appeals to reason, so that would be the brains of the group. Pathos appeals to the emotions and the sympathetic imagination. That's the emotional one of the group. And then ethos, which would be Kendra in his mind, appeals to the writer's character. And that's all about like being good and being like relatable or being likable. That's how I kind of twist that into what Kevin put onto Kendra. Because we'll get into it more when we talk about episode three. But they were for sure trying to make her like the main character and the sympathetic one and the likable one, I think. But we'll get to that. But that's how I think he kind of came up with those. And it was interesting too because marketing and merchandising kind of had different ideas of what our characters were supposed to be. Like I feel like in the marketing they assumed that because I was the main girlfriend I was going to be the main character because I was usually almost always in the middle or kind of front and center when they would take like the group pictures and stuff for like the DVD covers and the posters. And then merchandising had different taglines for us like Kendra was the wild one, you were beauty and brains, and I was the sweet one. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But the whole contrast in that is Kevin does not try to make me look sweet at all in episode one. I feel like I come off like the biggest bitch, not only in episode one, but in a lot of it. So it was all over the place. And it's funny when I watch the opening graphics these days, I'm blown away by how bad the graphics are. Not our cute little bobbleheads, but like the mansion. I mean, it was fine for the time, but the graphics are just so outdated. It looks like Oregon Trail. Like we're <laughs> about ready to like die of dysentery or something. I know what you <laughs> It looks so bootleg now. And I love the fact that they have like Coco the monkey in the intro. I think that's so cute. I love all the details they did put on it though, like Gizmo and oh, yeah. um, the jack-o'-lantern in the back of mine because I love Halloween. What about and... the sewing machine and the yarn? I know, that's so <laughs> funny. Like, I mean, I just feel like they did a really good job yeah. on like capturing our personalities in those little opening promos. Well, I don't have a personality in mine. You and Kendra do, but if you notice- Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mine is just a bubble bath and like a vanity, which makes sense because I lived in the vanity. Right. With a picture of me and Hef. But, I mean, as we'll see as we get into this episode, they don't let me have a personality on this show. That is your personality on the show. That's yeah, it's just supposed you. to be an extension of Hef. Like, that's it. And I think one of the small keys to the success of the show was how they portrayed us in that opening. I think it was more genius than anybody realizes because they made us relatable in that opening. Because what they did is they brought each of our characters back to what we did in high school which made us relatable because I think when people are seeing this show, they're like, oh my God, who are these whores? Like yeah. who, are, who are these sugar babies? Like, especially if you're somebody like a family from middle America watching the show, you're going to think these are not people I could ever relate to. Well, a lot of people didn't want to watch the show because they thought they couldn't relate to us. And then they started watching it and they were like, oh wait. Yeah. And I think by showing us kind of like in our high school settings or yours might've been supposed to be college, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It made us relatable. It let everybody know we were from humble backgrounds and it told the audience, these girls are just like you. And even what they chose for us to do kind of goes with our personalities and the role we played in the group. I was a cheerleader, so that means I'm an alpha female. You were in the library, so that means you're ambitious and goal-oriented and smart and always have a project. Kendra was playing soccer because she's the playful one. It was just so perfect. And I'm really curious who was behind that whole thing. Like, who thought that up? Originally, I would have thought Kevin because he was the mastermind. He was the producer. He wanted to make all the big creative decisions. And he was somebody who was smart enough to have thought of that. Like, that would totally be him 
to know what he's doing in that intro. Like, I'm going to make these girls relatable. I'm going to let the audience know you guys are just like, you know, they're just like you. You know, this this says what we need to know about their personalities. I definitely would have guessed Kevin. But the only reason I have a suspicion, it may not have been. Like, he might have had somebody working under him who did that and then switched them out for somebody else is because when we get to Girls Next Door Season 6 and it's a new cast of characters, the intro was terribly done. And we could always talk about that later when we get into season six. But when you see the intro on Crystal and the twins, it doesn't tell you anything about who they are or who they're supposed to be. It makes it look like they're kind of from rich backgrounds, kind of. Because it's like the twins relaxing on the beach and Crystal riding her bike down a pier in San Diego. And you see the Hotel Del Coronado in the background. And it's more about San Diego than it even is about Crystal. Like, it doesn't tell you anything. And it's so poorly done that I have to believe two different people were responsible for those I never watched their episodes so I don't yeah we can get to it later but I will I will watch them in time for that so the very first thing you see in this episode is some of the pilot footage reused Mm -hmm. it's that same like blurry montage you know pan of the mansion isn't it even like the butler opening the door and I think think we see like your happy birthday banner inside the house (laughs) I think so too because I made a note happy birthday banner yeah well and I think in commentary we call it out oh there's the happy birthday banner from the pilot and it shows the hallway outside Hef's room and it was disgusting just filled with all the videotapes and everything and the nasty carpet and all the stacks of framed photos And when I criticize the house being messy, look, everybody has a right to live the way they want to live. I was just, you know, we're recording this podcast today in my house and I was like, Bridget, don't look at my kitchen. It's bad. Like it's a nightmare in there right now. But it's a really odd choice to me that you have this huge staff of people. You're opening up your home. You're, you want everybody to think your home is like the height of luxury. You're putting it on TV and you can't even clean up a little. At least, at least get the clutter out of the hallway. Eventually, Clean I cleaned up the hallway. Eventually, I cleaned everything up in the hallway. I insisted he get rid of that carpet, put in hardwood floors. So you see, I forget what season it is. I think it's like season four. Finally, the hallway looks nice. But the next note I had when I was watching this was, the hallway is disgusting. <laughs> Well, I remember seeing Archie, which was one of the house dogs, Mm -hmm. like just pee on that stuff too. No, he did. Because I remember when I was sorting through all the stuff, I would pull away like a huge framed photo and there would just be like a crystalline crush of dried urine. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. So I know for sure that is there. And when I introduce myself on the show, you see old footage from the pilot But you see my sit-down confessional interview where I'm looking like a glazed donut and completely empty behind the eyes, wearing my purple Playboy t-shirt because I'm representing. And I say, I'm originally from Alaska. And that's all you learn about me in that episode. I think later I say I'm a Star Wars fan. So that's all you learn about me. And just a little preview for episodes two and three, Bridget and Kendra at least get like a backstory and childhood photos. And they at least give you a why. Like we can talk when we get to those episodes if they were good whys or how they handled them. Yeah. But they at least give your guys' characters a why. I have no why except I'm there to be there as Hef's girlfriend. And it's really curious to me because Kevin, the producer, was so smart that I find it hard to believe he would take one of his three main characters and just make her a blank slate. Like I'm so confused by it. 
I don't have an answer for it. I wish if he was still alive and I could ask him one thing, that's what I would ask him because I'm so confused. The only thing I can think of is that Hef was super excited about doing this show, but he didn't really want to do the work or no. be on camera. In no. fact, when we did press for the first season, he used to always make this comment over and over again that kind of grossed me out where he'd be like, ha ha, daddy doesn't want to do the work when people would ask him, why is the show about the girls? Ha ha, because daddy doesn't want to do the work. He wants to sit back and collect the paycheck and the press and, you know, the exposure it's going to get for his brand, but doesn't want to do the work. That's fine. We were there to do it. And I just wonder if Kevin and Hef Hef decided that I was going to be there as like a proxy for Hef. You know what I mean? It's possible. Like I'm just an extension of Hef in that scenario. Because you learn nothing about me in this episode. Except that I'm so devoted to Hef. That's it. (laughs) Hmm. Like I sort of get why Hef was like not wanting to do it. He's busy. He's still working as the editor and everything on the magazine. Absolutely. But he should have paid us for it. Right. Well, we haven't even gotten to that part yet. Oh, yeah. We weren't paid for this, guys. (laughs) And we don't get royalties, for those of you who are going to ask. One of the things that strikes me in my confessional interview is I'm talking about Hef's and my relationship, and I say, this is the best relationship I've ever been in. Compared to what? My high school boyfriend? I literally had nothing to compare it to. (laughs) Nothing to compare it to. Well, then you weren't lying. Yeah, I guess I wasn't lying. (laughs) And another way that they cut my interview that I hated was I said, Bridget wants to be a playmate and get her PhD achieving all there is to achieve in body and mind. That's what I said. You want to be, oh. meaning I, you want to be a playmate because that's achieving physically and you want to get a PhD because that's achieving mentally. Right. But they cut out the PhD and they have me saying, Bridget really wants to be a playmate because she thinks that that would be achieving everything you could achieve in body and mind. And I hated that even back then in the commentary. It was like, they make me sound like a goddamn idiot. Well, and I feel like it also makes me seem like an idiot too because do I really think that being a playmate is going to be all I can achieve in mind? Yeah, like what the <laughs> like, hell is that? And so I was like, huh? So it wasn't until later that I realized that wasn't what you said. Yeah. And I I still see people like comment on that here and there. Oh my, I mean, they like, should. It's idiotic. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, playmate, because it's all you can achieve in, in body and mind. And I'm like, that is not, that was not what was said. That is so funny. But I did. I felt like that being um, a playmate was the top of like, physicality and beauty and I felt like in a PhD is top like mentally yeah no it totally makes sense and to have both I would just feel like I had achieved so much absolutely one thing I do like about my role in this episode is I'm kind of the narrator of the episode like I introduce you I introduce Kendra I kind of talk about everything that was going on And I feel like that would have been a great spot for me on this show is I would have been really comfortable as more of a narrator because I was so nervous going into this show and I was just kind of waiting around, waiting for them to ask me to do something. I wasn't like volunteering like, oh, you should film me do this or you should film me do that. I was very shy and kind of hesitant about doing the show. And also because I'm in Hef's bedroom, that kind of limits what they can film a lot too because he didn't want cameras in there. So I definitely wasn't trying to be up in the cameras all that much, but I think I would have really been comfortable in a narrator role. But they didn't want to keep me as that after this because it it went away. 
Yeah, that definitely didn't carry through. <laughs> well, I remember too, um, just so you know what was going on, on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. like you're kind of lucky in that that you didn't have the cameras in there all the time because they would just come in my room unannounced and be like, okay, and I'd be like maybe just watching TV yeah. or something. They'd flip the TV off and be like, and just put the cameras in my face and be like, do something. Oh, yeah, they did that to me once too. I guess Hef was in the office, so they must have got the clearance. They knocked on the back door. They came in through the vanity, and they're like, we're going to film you right now. I'm like, okay. And I was just eating a Caesar salad at my desk watching TV. And they came over, turned off the TV, because they can't have the noise in the background from the TV. But since that's all I was doing, they were literally in there filming me by myself, eating a Caesar salad, staring out the window. And I felt so dumb. Needless to say, they didn't stay there very long, but I was like, this is so awkward and so dumb. What are they doing? Yeah, so I would have to just like come up with things for them to film. Like I'd be like, um, well, that I was watching TV is yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> so, uh, okay, maybe I'll call my mom and you can film that conversation or I'll um, scrapbook or I'll, I don't know, like you had to come up with stuff. Cause, and this was in the very beginning. Yeah. Later on, we had a pretty good. Yeah, we knew what we wanted to share and promote. Yeah, but this is in the very beginning, just coming in and being like, okay, we're filming you now. And there was no like, they, what were they filming? We don't know. Yeah. And I also think they probably didn't really know what they were doing on that level because the producer, Kevin was a documentary guy. He'd never done a reality show before. And I'm sure he'd hired like some field producers under him to like be, you know, with us during the day that probably had some experience. But I think overall, they just really didn't know what they were trying to get. That's my guess anyway. Yeah. And then when they show Gizmo in the commentary, I go, Gizzy the Hut. Did I used to call her that? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but she does kind of look like Jabba the Hut, like her shape. She's so pretty in the footage. Like, I miss her so much. Well, that's one of the things I love about rewatching the show is you get to see all the animals again. Yeah. Because just a reminder, guys, this show was... 15 years ago so sadly none of the pets are around anymore I get that question all the time where are your dogs I'm like um hate to break it to you but dogs don't live that long yeah oh I get sometimes where's Gizmo and I'm thinking Gizmo was like seven when I was at the mansion and that was 15 16 years ago now so do you think I have a 23 year old (laughs) oh 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 O'Reilly you need parts O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts need them fast we've got fast No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Persian cat at home? No. But that's one thing I love about the show is I love seeing the animals again. Like when I see myself holding one of my dogs on screen, like I remember so well what it feels like. Like it's almost this visceral thing. Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking, but kind of so sweet at the same time. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, that's even though I might not love everything about the show, it is really cool to have like these 
high production value home movies. So oh to speak, yeah, for this total, whole period of your life. Total documentation. Well, I can't say total. Yeah, but really cool documentation of like a very interesting part of our lives. Were you scared when you saw the footage of me with no makeup in the bathroom? Because no. I looked ghoulish, let me tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I look like a washed out ghoul. And I just wasn't even thinking about always being camera ready at that point. Like I wised up to it a little bit later. Actually, I went in phases. I went, first I started out not really caring about having my hair done or my makeup done. And then when I saw the footage, I was so horrified that I always had a full beat for like the next two seasons. And then by the time we get to season four, because I'm working at the studio and just caring about other things, I'm almost never wearing makeup in season four. It's nuts. So I, think, I went through a roller coaster ride. I think I did a roller coaster too. Like there's definitely scenes, like I said, they would just come in on me and there was no notice or anything like that. So you can't always be camera ready. And especially in my room, because I think at least you got some notice when they were coming in your room yeah. or when you'd be filming, but I got none. They would just show up. And so there's a lot of scenes where I don't have makeup on, or maybe I just got back to, from the gym and the, the makeup's all smeared around yeah. my face or <laughs> different things. And then there's times where I was like, okay, later on when I had like schedule and knew when they were coming, I was like, I'm going to be camera ready. And then mm -hmm. there's a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. Well, if I'm not wearing makeup too bad. Yeah. And then they introduced Kendra in the show and they used that old footage of her as a painted lady from the night she met Hef. And they kept using it throughout this series. Like it got to a point where I used to make fun of Kevin because he reused that footage so much. And I'm like, oh my God, you're doing that again? And I think he thought I was like hating on Kendra when I said that, but it was just like, it got so tired when they would repeat certain things on Girls Next Door and they just kept using that footage. Yeah, well, so Kendra says she hates that that footage too because she says she doesn't like her makeup. She doesn't like the way she looked that night. Yeah, for sure. And then I one thing I noticed, I know she was wearing those huge Lucite heels, but did you notice how tall Kendra looks in that picture when it shows her standing next to Hef and she's like towering over him? <laughs> yeah, she looks really tall and she's not that tall. Yeah, that was so funny. And they tell this whole story with like Hank and Jenny in the office about like how Hef supposedly saw her picture and was like, who is this girl? I have to meet this girl. Yeah, but I have a question. How would Hank know any of this? I don't know unless he was involved in like setting up the painted lady stuff. Because like I said in a previous episode, I saw three pictures of painted ladies in Hef's wooden box of girls he was interested in. You know what I mean? So I don't think it was that cut and dry. Like it's partially true, but I don't think it was like as cut and dry as they try to make it sound. Yeah. And just, but what else are they going to say on the show? They're not going to be like, well, Mr. Hefner saw three girls that he thought were hot. Right. You know, like nobody cares. <laughs> So some of our confessional interviews were taken from the personality test interviews that they did of us. And it's interesting because I remember when they asked us to do or told us to do those interviews, they assured us that nobody would ever see those personality tests and that it was just for the network executives, but they plug it in the first episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and those interviews were long. I mean, most of my interviews were long. 
I did mine really fast, but I think that's why I'm not as good in a confessional interview as you are. Like, I just wanted to be in and out of there. And of course, the crew wants to be in and out of there too. So they're like applauding me, like, you got that done in 30 minutes? Yes. And I'm getting positive feedback that I'm not used to getting at all at the mansion. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the robot who comes in and does my interviews fast, but you're not getting any emotion out of me or anything because I'm sitting down and just plowing through it. See, mine would take hours. But you're good in your interviews. Like, you're honest, you're candid. Yeah, emotional. Yeah. (laughs) So when they talk about you and Kendra, they show you studying and say you're working on your PhD. They show Kendra at massage school. Where's my real estate school? I was in school for real estate investment at the time. Like you can even see the textbooks on the side of the bed in some shots. You can even see later in the season, I'm in bed reading one of the textbooks. You can see what it is, but they refuse to mention that at all. And I'm so offended by that now. Like at the time, it didn't bother me. I didn't really think anything of it. But now it bothers me because I think people walk away from this show thinking I'm just like a mooch or that like my only plan was to like try to marry Hef and inherit money or something. You know what I mean? So I'm retroactively offended that they didn't put that in there. (laughs) Right. Because it just makes you look like you didn't have your hopes and dreams of your own. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Or any personality or interests or anything. So there was a producer who worked on the show. We're not talking about Kevin Burns right now. I'm talking about somebody who would have been lower on the totem pole, who actually would have been in the house with us while we were shooting. While Kevin, meanwhile, is like sitting up in his desk in his high-rise office in Hollywood. You know what I mean? But there was a producer who was working with us during the days and he like was obsessed with Kendra. Do you remember that? I remember. I don't remember it as it was happening, but I remember this person got fired or let go or their contract was up or something. And after the fact, hearing that they were obsessed with Kendra, they loved Kendra because she hung out in the pantry and talked to all the butlers and was like really outgoing and wanted to make the show all about her. Well, now we know where it came from then. Yeah, where it originated from. And it's interesting too, because we can get more into this in episode three, because a lot of the excuse I would always make for them focusing so much on Kendra is I was always like, well, Kendra's really outgoing and I'm not outgoing. Like I'm not a big talker, you know, or anything like that. But you're just as outgoing, if not more than Kendra. So that's not the reason. Yeah, there was lots of things that kind of uh, re-watching it. Well, and I remember having these thoughts at the time too. Like they keep showing Kendra working out in the gym, but I worked out like just as much, if not more than Kendra and never once did they show me working out. Yeah, because it didn't fit into the character they were trying to make for you. Yeah, like I mean, I did like five days a week at Barry's boot camp. I would go on hikes all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I was very, very active and very physical and they... It, but it wasn't part of my storyline, so they didn't put it in at yeah, all. Yeah, refused to show it. You know what? Right in the first episode, too, I noticed one of my whole interviews was like Frank invited. And for those that don't know what that means, it means that they take things that we say, but they chop it up and edit it so it's said exactly how they want it to be said. And you can, if you listen really closely, you can hear it because there's all the little cut marks. Yeah, and your voice tone changes and it's all weird like this. Yes, (laughs) and luckily like I noticed it right away in the first episode, but luckily I feel like I I was still saying what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just chopped it up to make it shorter. I'm a little long-winded sometimes, mm-hmm. as you can tell. But um, I was like, wow, they're already frank and biting things. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like, they couldn't even get the basic stuff for episode one. There's a scene where Harlow is out in the driveway for some reason. And I open my window from the second story. I'm like, Harlow, come inside. Come inside. And she looks up at me, registers what I'm saying, and comes inside. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. But that that scene gave me so much anxiety that a little dog like that was outside by herself. Me like, too. That's why I called to the pantry because I thought somebody could get down there faster than I could and get out to get her. Like I, I somebody... When, when I say people are criticizing me, it's usually just one hater. But I had one hater at one time going, you can't go down and get your dog yourself. You have to call down. Of course I could have. But if I call down, somebody's probably right there. And it's faster. Plus, I'm yelling at Harlow from upstairs, go in. And she listened. And it worked. So there. <laughs> yeah, it just gave me so much anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because a car could come barreling up at any minute. Yeah, there's always, I think we talked about this already, but there's always meetings and, and things going on at the mansion. And so cars are always coming up. And you just don't think to look for dogs as you're coming swinging up around. It's a, You come around a corner yeah, and you sure. just don't even Especially know. Especially a dog that small. Yeah, so it, was, it gives me anxiety, that scene. <laughs> We were talking about uh, Kendra doing massage therapy school, and I wonder, like, kind of whatever happened to that, because I don't remember, like, her actually graduating, or did she, like, graduate from it, or... I don't know. I was just curious if she ever finished, because I'm not sure. I have no idea. I mean, she might have finished, and we just didn't know. Maybe she didn't mention it. But my guess is because we started filming the show that she just kind of lost interest. Maybe. And I was also surprised kind of that Hef let her do it. I'm happy that Hef let her do it. But I feel like we usually had to take online courses or like a quickie course. And massage school was kind of like an all-day thing. Yeah. And that usually wasn't – that was very frowned upon typically. So I was kind of surprised that they let her do that, that Hef let her do that. Well, the rules were always different for her, as we'll get into as we go down the line. And then I was curious what she was going to do with it. I'm curious if she was going to do, like, sports massage or... I don't know. I think it was probably just one of those, like, practical job ideas, like something to fall back on. Like, yeah. kind of how everybody wants to go to school to be a dental hygienist, kind of. Oh, and I remember, too, at Christmas time, we all chipped in and we got our, like... The hot stone the and hot stuff. The hot stone <laughs> yeah. stuff and, like, a massage table. Like, all kinds of stuff yeah. to go with the... And thing. I don't know if she ever used it. I don't think she ever even opened <laughs> that stuff. I also get criticized for ordering dog food from the pantry. Why? Just haters. They, I don't. I don't know. I think people just don't understand that we... I think they think I'm being a spoiled, demanding bitch by ordering my breakfast and also asking for the dog food. Like, who orders dog food from the pantry? But that's where they keep the dog food. Exactly. I think people aren't really thinking of it in the perspective of that we lived in this ginormous house. I'm not going to keep cans of wet dog food and a can opener and a plate and a fork in Hef's room for the dogs. I had a cat at the time, so Mm. (laughs) I was lucky. And she didn't like wet food. And sometimes you don't want to go downstairs to get your own thing because they would have business meetings in the dining room quite frequently. Like, I don't necessarily want to stumble down there in my pajamas with my four yapping dogs when Dick Rosenswag, vice president of Playboy, is in there having a board meeting. Right. Like, I think people aren't (laughs) thinking about that kind of thing. Like, they're like, oh my God, how dare you order food and have a butler bring it to your room? But they're not really thinking about how the mansion operates and just like the practicalities of it. And every morning you would go down to Mary's office and hang out. Yeah, I think that's where I got my breakfast in this episode. 
And I look back and I ordered a grapefruit for breakfast. And I'm sitting here wondering like, oh, how was I so skinny? How do I get so skinny again? And I'm eating a grapefruit for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a section where you and Kendra are asked in interviews, what do people think of you guys? And you say, there's two words that people think of when they think of us, bimbo and slut. And Mm -hmm. I love how they're playing like Renaissance music in the background. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, it's like this like quirky little Renaissance flute music in the background. Like we're so classical, but bimbos and sluts, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And Kevin told me that Hef did not want that sequence in there. And Kevin said, no, you have to leave it in. It's the elephant in the room. It is. Yeah, you have to knock it out of the ballpark. Because it's what people call us all the time and still do. Gold digger. Gold digger, escorts. Like, we get all of it. So I'm just going to come out and say it. When when they ask me, what do you think people think of you? I'm going to tell you exactly what people think of me because they tell me what they think of me. Yeah, for sure. But even now, like uh, the reviews on this podcast, like I was trying to figure out like – flip through them and read some of them and stuff. And some of the one stars are like, oh, just some washed up escorts trying to still get their 15 minutes and <laughs> yeah, stuff so like that. Stupid. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? I'm at the point where stuff like that doesn't even offend me anymore because it's so dumb. It's, cr- I mean, it's stupid. Did you notice that the cold open is 10 and a half minutes long? I did not. 10 and a half minutes before you get to our opening sequence. Oh, there you go. Timing things. I know I brought out my stopwatch for you guys who don't understand that reference later like years after the show like only a couple years ago Kevin the producer of the show before he passed away like went on some e-show and accused us of like timing the show to figure out how much time we got versus Kendra and that we were so jealous meanwhile I wasn't even trying to be on the show the first season and nobody had a stopwatch I've never once I've never once tried to uh, figure out how much time each of us got on an episode. Never once. (laughs) Even Kendra in her book admits to being mad because she's barely in season four. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, so it's just like not, it's, we weren't doing that. (laughs) There was a a section too where you got asked, or you were talking about that there's five questions you always get asked by everybody. Did I answer them? Well, you said you didn't answer them, but you said what they were. You said, are you in the magazine is the first thing everyone asks you. How many girls live at the mansion? Does he pay you? Do you have sex with him? But then you don't say what the fifth one is. I wonder what it was. And in commentary, you laugh and go, and notice I didn't answer any of those. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I didn't want to answer. (laughs) I don't know what the fifth is. I do remember the first interview I did for the show after the personality test was done in the game house and I'm wearing almost no makeup and like a weird button down shirt from Victoria's Secret and I remember the producer who was asking me questions at that point asked me do you think Kendra is growing up at the mansion and I refused to answer that question it made me want to vomit I think I was asked that question too I refused to say it. I said I wasn't going to answer that because I felt like it made Hef look like a pedophile. Because why would growing up at the mansion? And also, I think another reason, that was the main reason I didn't want to answer it. But another reason too was I felt like people were always like excusing bad behavior because she's young. And it's like you can get away with that a little bit, but it was overused on her. Are we going to start with the young part right now? Because we can get into it later because it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my biggest pet peeves. Anytime, anytime I was, I had something to say, they'd be like, well, Kendra's just young. 
oh, she's just young. She's just, I mean, I can, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, like. And it's crazy because I was 22 when I moved in. She was 19 when she moved in. It's not that big of a difference. And even so, like my sister was more responsible and more mature oh, in so many ways. Yeah. Also, I always felt like it was just so unfair how much we were asked about sex too. Yeah, I mean, ugh, especially in the press. I think when we get to the New York episode, we should talk about doing press as a girlfriend. Oh. So a few episodes down the road, guys, we'll get yeah, into okay, it. we'll get into it then. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you, because you say in there that if you could marry Hef and have kids tomorrow, you totally would. But I think that you should talk about why Hef wouldn't marry you at that point, like why that was not possible at that moment. Well, I think he didn't want to at that point, because I think he still wanted to have multiple girlfriends. But it also wasn't really on the table because he didn't want to divorce his last wife until his kids were grown. At least that's what I was told by him and by Mary. That's what I was told too. And I really honestly believe that. Like I felt like he would have married you too in a heartbeat, except for... Maybe not then. I think later he would have. But I think he was still, you know, liking having the multiple girlfriends at that point. Yeah. But I definitely felt like at some point that he would have, but he was kind of in this legal... (laughs) Yeah, I think he felt like he was doing his best as a parent his version of what was best as a parent by you know doing that and stuff so then the next thing we're doing on the show is we are getting ready to go to an afi gala honoring george lucas and i'm a huge star wars fan which i say in the show and it's the only other thing you learn about me in the show besides the fact that i'm originally from alaska so that's all the personality i'm gonna get in this first season And I want to go to this function wearing like the Princess Leia hairdo. Like I want the two cinnamon roll buns on the side of my head. And the reason this was thought worthy of something to film is because cosplay wasn't really a thing back then. I don't even know if the word cosplay was a term that had been coined. I don't know. So like if you were to show up at like a formal event with Princess Leia hair, even if it was a Star Wars related event... That was weird. That was like akin to like Bjork wearing the famous swan dress. It would be seen as like a weird thing to do. Yeah, but I love it because it's themed and it's awesome. No, I love it too. But I feel like these days nobody would bat an eyelash. Like cosplay is such a thing. Like people are doing cosplay for no reason every day on social media. People would show up in a heartbeat and like a themed outfit. Even like big stars like Zendaya went to the Spider-Man premiere wearing this couture gown that was like all spider webs. Love it. Or like Scarlett Johansson went to the Avengers thing and she's wearing this jewelry on her hand that looks like the Infinity Gauntlet. So like people kind of do that now but back then that was not a thing. It was considered like a lame, I don't know if lame, but like an out of the box thing to do. Like definitely a worst dressed list kind of thing to do. So that was why they thought it was worthy of filming. Like now it's like weird. Why are you even worried about that or you know concentrating on that or giving that any airtime? And my hair is powder white. And so is Kendra's. We look like we are in founding father wigs. We are ready to sign the Declaration of Independence. We are in 1776. (laughs) 
And one thing I hate is that they put extra extensions on my hair to make the cinnamon rolls, but the extensions don't match my hair. I noticed So that. it's like white hair and then you have like these yellow, yellow. like 613 blonde extensions. It's yeah. crazy. But I love the look overall. I thought it was fun. I thought it was kind of like sleek and streamlined and kind of classic looking in its own way. And I just wore like a long blue gown with it that I still have. And I really liked it. It was one of my favorite looks. If I could change the different colored extensions, I would. But other than that, it was one of my favorite looks. Yeah, I liked it too. So the first time they really do you dirty on this show is when Crystal Camden walks into your room wearing a dress that's the same color as yours. And they make it look like you're telling her to go change, which you were not doing. No, I definitely was not. Like she walks in and she's like, oh, I'm wearing like a similar color as you. And I'm like, oh, go change. But I'm totally joking with her. And I probably even said I'm joking. I'm sure I did. And she knew I was joking, but they they make it look like I'm scowling at her in yeah. the mirror. And that I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like that's not even your style. You would say something like that and be like, no, I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. And Crystal definitely knew that that yeah, was for a sure. joke and stuff but like that. But the audience doesn't. They're like, damn, these bitches are competitive. Yeah, and I, I want to bring it back up again when we talk in, in episode two, but I just... At this point watching this, I was thinking, you know what? It's re- reality TV. Like... So what that they changed it a little mm-hmm. bit and made me look like I'm mad over it. That's just petty. Like yeah, I don't really to care. Take one for the team. Yeah, I was totally willing to look like a little bitchy in that yeah. scene, even though I absolutely was not. Like it was actually very funny the yeah. way the way it went down in real life. But um, I, I was just willing to like be like, okay, it's reality TV. They're just gonna cut it that way, and it's fine. I thought it was such a weird coincidence because we went to the event, not just me, you, and Kendra, but Hef also invited the playmates that were staying at the house and Crystal Camden. There's also like Carmela, Sarah Underwood, who we haven't met on the show yet, but this is out of order. So Sarah was there. And it was interesting because just coincidentally, we all kind of wore the same colors. Like there were a bunch of girls wearing black. Mm-hmm. You and Crystal were both wearing the same exact color of green without planning. And me and Carmela were both wearing the same exact color of blue without planning. Yeah. It was random. But it looked good. Together. It did look really good. It actually looked like we were a cohesive unit, mm-hmm. even though we didn't plan it. You know what? One thing I miss about the mansion is the amazing lighting from the vanity. Oh, yeah. The lighting was really good. Like everywhere I've lived since then, I always make sure I have a big makeup mirror like that with all the Hollywood bulb lights around it because it's such a perfect place to do your makeup. It's so flattering. Anytime I see a shot of myself on the show that's like from the viewpoint of the vanity, it always looks good. Like I love that lighting. I didn't have good lighting in my room. I didn't have like a good vanity. I had like a tiny little kid's vanity and it had no lights on it. Or I was like sitting on the floor. I do love to sit on the floor to do my makeup though. Uh But I was like, I would be sitting on the floor at some points with like my big closet mirrors type thing. Yeah. Definitely not the bathroom lighting because that was terrible. I know. So bad. Uh, Going back to the salon and stuff too, like... I see my sister in the background in a lot of these episodes. Oh, yeah. And she hasn't been introduced yet either. And they haven't introduced her, but she's like in the scenes. Like I see her at the Mm -hmm. salon. I see her walking behind me in the hall. I see her coming down the stairs with me. But like there's no mention made to her That's so funny. They probably think you have a random assistant that nobody (laughs) talks about. (laughs) Well, I would think that people by now would recognize Oh, no, by now. But I'm saying like back when the episode aired, they're probably like, oh, Bridget has somebody trailing her. (laughs) Yeah. And then like I was thinking Kendra's like making a – she went to the salon she got her hair done and her makeup done and she makes comments in there what the hell like I'm the first person here and I'm the last person out but she did like hair and makeup and it shows us 
at home doing our makeup. Yeah, we did our own makeup. So that's the only reason she was there. By the way, you guys, I want to preface this within these first three episodes, especially when we're talking about Kendra, if we're complaining about how she's used on the show or how she's portrayed on the show versus us, know that we're not being mean to Kendra when we say that, or we're not attacking her or dogging her. This is all on the producers at this point, because I feel like in the early days within those first three episodes, everybody was just trying to do their best. Yeah. You know, like none of us knew what the show was or what it was going to be. We weren't trying to like shove each other out of the way or anything like that. So when we're complaining about the way Kendra's placed in these episodes, that's on the producers. That's not on her. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer in case anybody wants to be like, oh, you're just shit talking Kendra the whole time. It's like, no, that's not where we're coming from with these episodes. Yeah, not at all. So then we're all ready ready to go, waiting in the dining room, and we get to the whole Kendra being late scene. And you had some observations, right, about... I did, because when I was re-watching it, and it just seems so chaotic, like she's, you know, trying to get in her dress, and she's trying to get on her heels, and her dogs are, like, screaming and barking incessantly in the background, and they have this, like, weird rap music, like, fast place playing really fast, and I was just like, God, this is so chaotic, and then I was like, wait a second, the dogs barking that they're playing, those are Holly's dogs. That is so funny to me that you recognize those were my dogs because I lived with that noise for so long that it's like white noise to me. I can't tell. And it's funny because people would ask me like when I would do my YouTube reviews, were the dogs really barking that much or was it dubbed in? And my answer was always as, no, they were always barking that much because in my mind they were because I was always surrounded by those dogs. But it takes your ear to notice that those weren't Kendra's dogs. It was the sound of my dogs laid over her scene. So I was thinking, like, if you took out the sound of the dogs, which is so chaotic and, like, makes you Mm -hmm. feel, like, really stressed out, and you take out the fast-paced music, it's just Kendra putting on her dress and putting on her shoes. Like, it's not this, like, crazy, frantic moment that it it looks to be. And she's kind of slow-poking, right? I mean... I don't know if she's slow poking or <laughs> not, but it's not as frantic as as the scene is portrayed. Yeah. If you take out those things. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's funny because they gave her this theme music, which is kind of this like generic rap music. Yeah. And she hated it because fans would think that was what she was really listening to in her room. <laughs> and they're like, what are you listening to? And it was just this weird music where they'd go scream. Yeah, it was weird music. <laughs> And then you say Kendra needs a secretary because she's scatterbrained about always being late. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I'm talking about Kendra being late, I hate this interview. You can tell by this interview, by my bubble hairdo, that that was the interview they did after we were shooting our first pictorial. Oh. And they wanted to get me in a mood where I'm like hostile and talking about Kendra being late so they could use it a certain way. And let's just say that you and I were very conscientious about what we gave the cameras because we're not stupid. We know they're going to start drama. So I never wanted to say anything negative. We were both probably always really careful in our interviews. So they knew they had to get me after like a long day of work when I just want to leave and get out of the chair before I'm going to say anything that sounds heated or remotely. 
And granted, posing for Playboy is not exactly ditch digging, but when you have a long day at the studio and you're having to be on all day and you're sucking in your stomach and holding your body in uncomfortable positions and really being critical about how you look, it feels exhausting at the end of the day. Plus, and it's a long day, plus they tacked on the photo shoot for our bobblehead intro and then they sat me down in a folding chair and I'm thinking, oh my God, I have to get home. It's probably like buffet dinner time and Hef's going to wonder where I am. And they're asking me questions and I just want to give them what they want because I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. I just want to jump in the shower and wipe all this makeup off. I need to get home. I'm running late. And they're asking me about Kendra being late. And I'm kind of like heated and annoyed a little bit just because I want to get out of that chair. And I'm not annoyed with Kendra being late. I'm annoyed because anytime Kendra would be late, Hef would get mad at me because I was always the scapegoat of the group. He felt like because I had the most invested in the relationship that I was the one he could take everything out on. It's like classic scapegoating behavior. So that was always really annoying to me. And I was talking about that in the interview. And then they cut it with me sitting downstairs. And I'm just sitting there in the chair. And I just kind of look to the side. And I have no expression on my face. It's just resting bitch face. But the way they cut it, it makes it look like I'm rolling my eyes like when Kendra walks in the room and like dogging her. And you can tell it's an out of order scene because they use that same shot twice in the same scene. But even today, like... I remember recently there was like some beef about me and Kendra beefing in the media. And I saw on my For You page on TikTok, some girl was like, I'm on team Kendra because Holly was always salty. Look at this. And it was that footage from that scene in the first episode where Kendra was late. And I looked to the side and they're like, see, she was always salty. And I'm like, that's not even a real scene. So that's why being misportrayed kind of gets frustrating over the years. Yeah. Well, so this is where they're doing you dirty too right here is because they're making you look like you're angry about it and you're not. And also, Hef is always putting that pressure on you that it's your fault if somebody's late. Everybody yeah. gets the same notes. Everybody's yeah. told the same times. And in my interview, I'm like, I've told her a million times, but it was, which is an odd thing to say because it was never my job to tell Kendra where to be. The secretaries told us. Right. Like, didn't we get a schedule? Yeah, we got schedules. Like, we got a piece of paper Take taped to our, to our door that had, like, typed out where we had to be when that week. Mm -hmm. It was never, never I had to do it. And this was like back before anybody was texting too. So it's not like I would have been texting her on a given day, like, don't forget, blah, 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 you know? And and I don't even remember on that particular day even being pressed at all about Kendra being late. I know I wasn't. And even if I had been, I wouldn't have acted on it in front of the cameras. Like, why would I have done that? But they cut it to make it look like that anyway. Like, they don't care what you give them. They'll try and make it look like what the narrative that they want. Yeah, and when she does walk down and into the room, I swear, and I try to rewind it again to listen, but there's a cheerful, hey, from it's you. Fake. No, oh, I don't think from me. There's fake applause. Oh, the, there's, I was going to get to that next. But there's like a, hey, and I thought it sounded like your voice. Maybe it was someone else's, but it was very cheerful, and it sounded like you, but they they muted out immediately yeah. with these fake applauses and cheers and stuff. And even Kendra says the, the applauses and cheers were fake yeah. in the commentary. So that's not, we're not talking bad here. Just Yeah. But this is like the start of how they're trying to portray Kendra as like the underdog that everybody should root for. She's so relatable. She's just trying her best so she can like look as good as everybody else on the red carpet and mean Holly is downstairs so mad because how dare she be two minutes late 
Well, and she's also the last one at the salon. They they edit it to say, yeah, you know, it's because she was getting more stuff done there. Right. Right. That's the only reason. It's not because we were keeping her at the salon or anything like that. Or they finished us before her, even though mm-hmm. she was there before us, which is what they're alluding to in the episode. And it's crazy, too, because when we were filming that, I would have never in a million years thought that I would be made the villain of that scene. Not that anybody should be the villain of that scene. I don't even remember her being very late or that it was a problem that day. But if you were going to make anybody the villain, wouldn't it be the person who's like, being inconsiderate with everybody else's time like not the person who's already waiting down there right it's just it's so stupid and then we get to the red carpet mm-hmm. which red carpets with Hef especially when there was a lot of girls with us were always a little stressful yeah it was chaos and I don't think the media ever really got a very useful photo of us because there's so many cameras on the red carpet and we were never all looking at the same camera at the same time <laughs> ever and we weren't allowed to like do the red carpet by ourselves until like much, much later, like right before we left. Well, at this point, nobody would have wanted us to anyway. Yeah, that's true. Nobody was asking for us. Yeah, but Hef wouldn't have let us like pose. He would have been like snapping, like hurry up. But I do think Kendra nails it like in her, um, it's not in the commentary, it's in the actual scene, but she mm-hmm. kind of, she says that, uh, I have it here. She says that she doesn't feel like she belonged and that we weren't, she wasn't pretty enough and that people look down on us. And I feel like we all felt that way. Oh, 100%. To the point, like, my feelings are even so more extreme that way that at the end when she tacks it on and says, but we get respect too. I remember hearing that and thinking, does she really think we get any respect? (laughs) And I know some people might think we do or maybe you think we do. I don't know. But that was just like my attitude toward it. I'm like, people don't respect us. But I feel like we all had those same insecurities, but they only focus on it being from Kendra. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I say when they're asking me about what my job is on the red carpet, I'm just like, I'm just supposed to be like a first lady astronaut's wife, like just stand there and look good. Don't say anything or do anything stupid, which I think when people watch that scene at the time, they thought, oh, well, that's her job. It's kind of like PR. Of course, she doesn't want to say anything or do anything stupid. But when you watch it with the perspective of this was a relationship, it's kind of sad. Like, I just have to shut up and not do anything stupid. Because that happened too. Like, in the past, you know, I had been in front of a camera with Hef, and if I ever tried to chime in or say anything helpful, I'd get my head bit off. It was like, shut up. Well, I just feel like we had a lot of insecurities, and you and I especially had some insecurities from just what we'd been through before. Yeah, we'd been through it. And I I just feel like we all really felt that way. Like we just weren't good enough to be there or didn't belong or weren't pretty enough. Or, But they only give that to Kendra, so she's the only one that comes off relatable to the audience in that scene. Exactly. We definitely all felt like we were being judged. Yeah. Then we get home, because they can't show AFI. Yeah. So. We get home, and the last. Should we tell them what AFI is? Yeah. Okay, so. Um. AFI is the American Film Institute, and every year they honor somebody new. And this year it was George Lucas. And when you go inside, just because we weren't allowed to film inside, we have our own table, a big round table, and they serve dinner. It's at Hollywood and Highland where they have the Oscars. Yeah, and uh, there's tons of like big celebrities mm-hmm. there. Each of them have their own table. Lots of them get up and speak about the 
person that they're honoring that night. And then finally, and they show clips of all the things that the people have done. And then at the end, the person who's being honored comes out and gives a big speech. And there's these giant gift bags at the end. Yeah. With like, I mean, this is when DVDs were like a cool thing to get, but you'd get like the whole box set of DVDs yeah. of whatever they were doing. In this case, it was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like we got the whole thing of them um, and all kinds of like swag that was kind of pertinent to the person who was getting the award. Yeah, it was really cool. It was and a, they were like duffel bag gift bags. Yeah. They were literal duffel bags full of stuff. Yeah, so it was a very high-end um, special event that happened every year. And every year, Hef would purchase a table and bring all of us girls. Yeah, it was like a charity event. You had to buy the table. Yeah. But then we get home from it. And, and it's a totally different day. I can tell by the pink streaks in my hair. I think it was the night of Kendra's backyard birthday party because I have the pink clip-in extensions in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's not even the same day. Wait, I feel like my bed scene is the same day. It might be. Because I'm in full makeup and I was not <laughs> You going, went to bed in full makeup. <laughs> I was not going to go to bed. Yeah. I was not planning on going to bed. And they said, we need a scene of you going to bed. And I said, uh, well, I'm not going to bed right now, so... And they're like, well, we, well, can you just pretend you're going to bed? And so, but I didn't want to take off all my makeup mm-hmm. and my hair yet and everything. So I just, I just put on my pajamas and I was like, this is so stupid, you guys. Like I'm getting in bed with full makeup on and they're like, it's fine. It's dark. It's whatever. And so it just shows me like watching, laying in bed, watching TV, but literally laying in bed, yeah. like head on the pillow, mm-hmm. like watching TV. And I was complaining about that later. And then, but now watching back on it, I'm extra complaining about it here because it shows Kendra being like all excited and wanting to watch a movie and like going to do something like the night is going to continue, but it tries to make us look like total fuddy-duddies that were going to bed, but I wasn't going to bed. Yeah. And not only that, but it makes me look like a bitch because Kendra comes in to borrow a movie from Hef's library. And I'm sitting in bed and I refuse to look over or say hi. But the reason I'm ignoring them is not because I'm being a bitch to Kendra or mad that she came in. It's because the camera's barged into the bedroom when I'm like ready for bed. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to do another fucking scene. So I just like stayed quiet in the bed. I didn't even know that the camera even panned over toward me. Because when you watch it, Hef points over at me. Kendra looks, I don't react, but they do so silently and I didn't even know that they were pointing at me or anything. So why should I react? I'm just in bed reading my book trying not to be on camera, but it makes me look like the biggest bitch and they overlay that with voiceover of me saying, not voiceover, it's like they intercut it with a confessional interview of me saying, I think Hef needs to get rid of the other girls, which I wasn't even saying in the context of you guys. That was taken from my personality test interview. And it came from, because Kevin did the interviews for the personality test. And he was just asking for like Hef's and my backstory and everything. And I told him about the hard time we'd had getting along with all those other girls and how much better it was now that there were only three of us. And in the process of telling that story, at some point I say, you know, things were getting really rough and it just got to a point where I was like, okay, I think Hef needs to get rid of the other girls. But they cut it into the scene to make it sound like I'm talking about you and Kendra. And then they cut to Kendra's interview where she's like, my boyfriend is so great and I'm not going anywhere. So they're setting it up to make it look like there's going to be some big battle royale between me and Kendra. (laughs) And it's just like, that's not the case. 
Right. And they also set it up for me just going to bed and looking like a fuddy-duddy. And yeah. Kendra's like the exciting, fun one who's going to go now grab the girls and go watch a movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now that if I were to go upstairs and ask Kev if I could watch a movie downstairs, he'd be like, make sure you invite Kendra. Like, there's oh, no way sure. he wouldn't have, like, like, but... Kendra can go watch a movie and not invite me. Yeah, that was another big double standard. Like, we couldn't ever do anything by ourselves without Kendra. And we never didn't not invite her, but there would just be points where sometimes she wouldn't want to hang out with us. And if Hef noticed that, he'd be like, why didn't you invite Kendra? And it's like, we did. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was a double standard because she could go hang out with, like, the playmates and stuff and she didn't have to invite us. Ever. There's a scene where you say uh, Kendra isn't as careful as you and I. What did you mean by that? I just mean that like you and I had been through it. So we are afraid of getting in trouble. We're afraid of getting yelled at. And Kendra just didn't have to experience what we did like with the other girls. You know, she's still the new girl. So she's probably never even been yelled at by Hef. I don't know if she ever even was throughout her time there. So she doesn't have to be careful. She doesn't have to watch what she says. She can be just like spontaneous and loud and have fun and Hef's not going to be mean to her about it. Whereas in my experience, it's so different. Like I felt like I couldn't even show enthusiasm about something around Hef without him like verbally smacking me down. Definitely, because I saw that several times happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can see it on the show. There's a couple episodes coming up where you see it happen. And it's just crazy to think I was living in an environment where – I couldn't even get excited about something without somebody smacking me down. Like, that's some fucking conditioning right there. Oh, there was a funny scene at the very beginning, too, where uh, I have my coffee coming up and I'm pouring creamer, and and in the commentary you go, damn, that's a lot of creamer. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) And I still use a ton of creamer. (laughs) In the commentary at the end, when it shows the drama they're trying to stage between me and Kendra, I acknowledge that that's fake in the commentary. And I say, if you have to make up drama, you lead a blessed life. And I think that's key to one of the reasons I was so accepting of being portrayed that way in the moment is because I was comparing it to, well, like at least I don't have to put up with all the drama from the other girls. At least this is fake drama as opposed to real drama. I think that's why I was able to accept it then. Absolutely. I was thinking about that too, and I definitely wanted to make it a point on this, and I know we've said it a little bit, but I I just want to re-emphasize it, that at this point, me, you, and Kendra were all getting along. Absolutely. Like, I felt like we were all great friends. I felt like we weren't competing. I felt like we were a cohesive team. Yeah, and we had talked about doing the show, and we had agreements on certain things. For example, like we all agreed beforehand that, you know, they might edit us to make it look like drama. We're not going to buy into it. We're all going to know that it's fake. And we also had a pact that we didn't want the show to portray us as all having sex with Hef. Because remember, we all talked about that before. And we're like, we don't want the cameras like following us into the bedroom or anything like that. Right. We're pointing out things that were edited in a certain way, but it's not the fault of Kendra. And it's not... um I know we already said it, but yeah. I just want to re-emphasize Yeah, it. we're not attacking her here. Like, that's what we want to say. But you know what's interesting, too, is I think over time, like, obviously, Kendra and I don't get along now. I think that even though we agreed not to buy into any of this drama, the fact that it was created and portrayed on TV and the show was tilted so unfairly in her favor... Over time, yeah, over time it does add to the resentment. And I'm, you know, when we left the mansion, I thought Kendra was great. I was so happy for her. I didn't have any kind of resentment or anything. But of course, like things erupted later. 
And you can't help but think back onto all the advantages she had all those years. So to say that it doesn't somewhat add to the resentment and that it's not somewhat buried in there, it's still a factor. But I do also know that in this stage of production, like it's not her fault. Like this is all what the producers are doing. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do is just stay in the moment too. Like Mm -hmm. at this point in time, like there was no animosity. Like we all had an agreement. We knew there was going to be certain things edited a certain way and we were okay with that. And we were all like chill about it. Yeah. Do you want to know what the biggest lie in this episode is? What? When I say I'm a people person. What the fuck? I have it in my notes. What the fuck? You guys, I am the opposite of a people person. I'm so introverted. I'm so shy. It's, I, what? You know what I think I was trying to say in that moment is I know I was giving this interview and I was trying to express the fact that, yeah, of course, eventually I want a monogamous relationship and I want respect. Like, even when I pictured Hef and I maybe someday settling down together, I always thought that there would be, like, girls around. Not as girlfriends, but I thought maybe, like, living across the street in the bunny house. Like, you or playmates we liked or whoever would be there. Like, I never wanted to be, like, Rapunzel in the tower by myself. You know what I mean? For sure. But it just made me laugh so hard to hear myself say I'm a people person because I am not. I'm the last person who should ever be saying I'm a people person are you kidding me what the hell I know I heard you say that I was like wait I about threw myself off my bed when I heard me say that (laughs) (laughs) um one other thing I wanted to ask you about is um oh when in the commentary when you say well now that I said that on the show about Kendra being late Mm -hmm. and that you you're always getting in trouble for it um that hasn't happened anymore but I feel like that was an ongoing thing I mean, maybe, well, you have to keep in mind when we did this commentary, it was probably like a year after we shot the episode. So it wasn't that long. So maybe we just had a stretch where he didn't get mad at me for Kendra being late. But it was definitely, I mean, there was definitely still times when he was trying to pit me and Kendra against each other going forward for sure. Yeah. Like that never did get resolved. Just as a reminder, not only did we not get paid, but we also didn't get credits. Yeah, we're not in the credits. They just have us at the top like our names next to our bobbleheads and it's not even our last names it's just our first names which is interesting to me because in so many ways I feel like we were treated like children in a way because it's like they just expected us to do the show just because we lived at the house kind of the way like a YouTube family just puts their kids on their YouTube without asking them and they didn't give us credit. They didn't pay us. They didn't even use our last names. It's just all very like infantilized. It's weird and creepy. Eventually we would get credits, but that's because I bugged Mary about it for so long. And I insisted that they use our last names in the credits. And I remember Mary finally got on the phone with somebody like a production. And she's like, they need credits and they need their last names. They're not bobbleheads. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mary. I know. Well, Mary was the one who finally got us paid too. And we'll get to that when we get to that in the timeline. But also, one thing I thought was really interesting in the credits is Hef's credit just says special thanks, Hugh Hefner. And I wonder what that means. Do you have a theory on it? Well, um, I mean, I know Alta Loma, which is their production, this Playboy's production mm-hmm. company, gets a credit. and Well, I think Hef should have had an executive producer credit because that's how he functioned. Like, Kevin would right. show him a rough cut of every episode, and Hef had to approve every little thing in it. He would write, like, copious notes on the episode. 
So he should have been executive producer, but I think they probably decided not to give him that title because back in that era of reality TV, Hollywood wanted the audience to think that reality TV was absolutely real. Like I remember Kevin used to lurk on the message boards as himself and he would get so offended if anybody ever accused the show of being fake. And he would get so defensive, even to the point where he announced on the message boards, the girls don't even get paid. They're just living their life. And I remember being so humiliated because it's bad enough that we don't get paid. But now everybody knows we're so pathetic. We don't get paid. Oh, It was gross. So that's my theory as to why he got a special thanks. I think they didn't want it to look contrived or they wanted everybody to think that it's absolutely real and Hef wasn't putting his hand in. That's how his life is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was all part of the charade. Okay, so at the end of each episode, after we're done talking about these, I want to ask you, what was your favorite thing about the episode? And if you could wave a magic wand and change anything about the episode, what would you change? Hmm, okay. Well, it's tough. So for this episode, for Mm -hmm. episode one, I think my favorite thing is just seeing shots of Gizmo again. Yeah, definitely seeing the dogs. I think my favorite thing is just the Star Wars of it all because I love Star Wars yeah I love the Princess Leia hair and I love that I did that because I feel like they make me this flat no personality person and at least I did that and I feel like I actually wouldn't have done that if we weren't filming it because I knew it was a look that Hef was not excited about and didn't want me to do and I think the fact that we were filming it kind of gave me an excuse to do something I wanted to do. And that way I could kind of present it to Hef as, well, it's kind of out of the box, but we're filming it for the show. Right. It was cute and it was worth it. If you could change anything about the show, what would you change? Definitely my quip to Crystal about the dress, just because it was taken so out of context and changed. It changed from like what should have been a funny moment Mm -hmm. to like a bitchy moment. Yeah, they could have just left it how you did it. Like they could have given an extra pause and a beat after you saying what looks like a bitchy thing and maybe have Crystal react. And then you could go, but I'm kidding. Yeah. Like that would have been just as good. It would have been better. But it didn't fit their agenda. No, instead it looks like I'm snarling. I think if I could change anything... Well, I don't like the fact that they make it look like I'm dogging Kendra for being late. But... I do understand that every episode needs drama and I'm willing to take one for the team. But what I would change is let me have some personality. And if I could pick one thing to include in this episode, maybe when they talk about you doing graduate school and Kendra doing massage school, mention I'm in real estate school. So it looks like I have a brain in my head too and I have goals and I'm capable. So that's what I would change. So did we cover episode one? I mean, that's all my notes. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what this ends up being when I edit it. Sorry if this is a little bit long, but next week we are going to get into it in episode two because it's a big one. I'm just dreading. I feel bad for you because it's your episode, but we have a lot to get into. So thank you so much for listening. Please give us a five-star rating and review counteract all the people who go on and say we're bimbos and sluts (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next week bye guys